The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, March 31st, 2021, Season 16, Episode number 103. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Dave, Amber, and Nick all here in studio. We're going to break down the Mike McCarthy press conference from last week. He had a lot of things to say uh, in that press conference, and uh, and we're going to break them all down and give you guys some opinions on, on some of the things that he had to say. We'll also, at the end of the show, or toward the end of the show, talk a little bit more about free agency. There have been a couple signings since our last show uh, and hopefully we'll get to some questions from you guys you guys can call us 888-855-2297 again it's 888-855-2297 we'll take some phone calls maybe throughout the show if there's a good call about a topic we're talking about but certainly by the end of the show hopefully we can get a call or two in uh, and hear what you guys have to say how's everybody doing today great wonderful awesome yeah <laughs> absolutely great Amber's such a pro. Like, she literally walked in as I was starting, and she's ready to go. Got on her headphones, on the mic, ready to roll. All right, let's jump right in. Let's talk about Mike McCarthy's press conference. Uh, He had a lot to say, and before I get into some of the questions I have for you guys, I I just want to know if there was anything that stuck out to you. If there was, like, a big headline that you would say coming out of the press conference, was there one thing that really stood out to you from that press conference? Okay. I think Nick Nick asked the question, and it was about Jalen Smith. Oh. <laughs> so, yes. That Interesting. Did, I know that wasn't, I mean, that didn't make any headlines probably, but that was something that did stood out to me, the kind of response that Mike McCarthy gave to Nick's uh, question about Jalen Smith and kind of his performance. The fact that he said, I mean, he talked, to, He his answer was pretty positive, saying he, he studies, he, he does the work, he goes out there. So that definitely stood out to me. Yeah, I, I don't honestly know what to think anymore about Jalen. Because at first I thought they were all just kind of, you know, we heard Jerry say during the season a few times that Jalen's really playing well. And I, I thought maybe they were just trying to, you know, sometimes you'll say things and you're trying to hype the person up a little bit. You're trying to get yeah. them to believe in themselves, to believe that they really can do it. So you speak things into existence. I don't know what to think anymore. I kind of, I'm starting to think they actually think that well, he's, he's really a he's good. He's tough to well. to analyze because he does make tackles. He is physical at times. He gets the ball. He he, he gets turnovers. He the ball get, shows up in his hand. He makes some plays. He makes a lot of money though, and you you expect him to be a better player than that. And his attitude sometimes. Just pisses people off. It just does because he's just so positive about everything that it's like you guys lost. You guys, you didn't make the play. You swiped and it's first down for them. Like you know, so he just rubs people the wrong way. But he's, I think he's tough to analyze because it's not like he doesn't do anything. He does. It's just it's not as much as is is they're paying for. Honestly, well, just for the record, his positivity isn't what bothers me about his personality like i'm fine with him being positive i actually like positive people i like being around positive people i think it's it's more oblivious yeah i just don't think he's self-aware i don't think he knows like the right time to do and say the right things and sometimes that can be annoying i i did not expect that to be where we started based (laughs) on no i mean no that's totally I would, what I was going to say is like yes, his non-answer to Nick's question about Jalen uh, was telling to me. Sure, because he didn't answer the question at all. Um, he didn't answer the question right. He just talked about him. Yeah, uh, where does he fit? Yeah, really? the question was what What does this mean for Jalen if you're going to play Keanu Neal at will? And he said Jalen's a good football player. So maybe the answer <laughs> like, is in the okay. non-answer. Uh huh. Yeah, a little bit. Seems like it at least. So I mean, I mean, there were half a dozen things that stood out to me that uh, that he actually did. You know, he said Keanu's going to start out in the linebacker room. I think that's really interesting. He said 
we're not done pursuing Alden Smith, which I also thought was interesting because that kind of clashes with what you know with the rumblings that you're hearing from. And the we'll front get into office, that a little bit more. Which I thought that was really interesting because maybe. Not to like make too much of it, but maybe that was a little bit of you know the head coach kind of trying to flex his muscle. Like, okay, well, I mean, just because Stephen and Jerry don't want him back doesn't mean that I don't get to have a say. I thought that was interesting. Eh. Well, it does. Well, but, but at the very least, <laughs> but I get like, to have a say. Yeah, right. I might not get my way. You can, I get to have you a might say. not get your yeah. way, but you can at least voice your concern yeah. about it. Um, Bill Parcells didn't want Terrell Owens, and he was here for three years. So right, it happens. It happens. And by the way, that's every team in the NFL. I'm yeah. sure coaches. There are certain players that coaches want or don't want right. that the front office says, hey, we're going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know if we can say this. I mean, Alden Smith may not be available for 16 games next year. That's that's mm. that's a thing. I love when mm. you come in here and I'm sorry, just kind of drop I, some – you just imply some news on us. You're going to spill it all the way. <laughs> well, that's all I know. That's really all I know is that, that and, and, and that might be a situation that Jerry and Steven kind of know some things as well. But, I mean, it's been reported, it's been talked about. He's dealing with some off-the-field issues uh, still. He's still kind of dealing with that. And there's been some speculation that he may not be available for all of the games. So not injury-related? No, just maybe a suspension. Yeah. I, I, I'm, that's just what's being speculated. And if that happens, you know, that might be a reason why you, you wouldn't sign a guy. Sure. So. All right, we'll get into that a little bit more because I do have some questions on the Alden Smith thing that I think are just interesting things you got to think about in the composition of this team and, and where he could fit if they were to consider resigning him. But we'll get to that. I, I, the first area I want to start on from the press conference is um, McCarthy said that they are not starting over with this uh, with the, with the new defensive coordinator. The defense is not starting over. I guess is the point of what he was saying. Um, what do you think he meant? Because he, he was talking about it from the standpoint that you know they're not starting yeah. over from scratch. Like there were some good things that they were able to do what do you think he really meant by that and 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 uh what do they keep if they were if they aren't starting over from last year well uh, i mean i think mostly it's it's personnel in the front seven i would i would think is you know you you got your key players there because you're because your linebackers are you know you got Layton, you got jalen uh demarc demarcus lawrence you know randy gregory so i and i think the overall principle of a four-three defense that can play three-four. Now, hopefully, they'll do it. They'll transition better. Secondary looks like it's starting over. Or, or it, there's going to be some big changes, I guess, in the secondary. At least half of it. But um, I, I and also, I think he was talking about the uh, the um, turnovers that they got, the aggressiveness. But every defensive coach in every league, every everybody's going to say that. So. I'm kind of rambling. I don't know. I think no. they are kind of starting over. I think that's I, th- I think that's perfect, and I love that that's the note that you ended it on because that's what I took away from it is just frustration. Because who the hell knows anyway? Like he's he's like we're not starting over from scratch. We're gonna keep some of this, and I was like, what did you even do last year? Nobody knows. Like we spent so much time and energy. Are they a three four? Or they are four three. Well, Tank is standing up today, and and now he's not. And it's not a it's not a three man line. It's a five man line. Like and and they were awful, by the way. Like what the hell did they do? What what was the identity of that defense? Couldn't tell you. Other than that, they were bad. Like it's it's like we're gonna play single high and man up, and our corners are gonna press. We're gonna do this like. I could not tell you what the hallmark of that defense was. And so for him to come out and just be really vague about it, I was like, why why are we being so secretive about what your defense is going to do? Like, why are you trying to protect the secrets from the worst run defense in the league? I don't get it. So... I don't know. I'm frustrated because I don't. I don't. They didn't have an identity last year, and as of right now, I don't think we know what it will be under Dan Quinn. Well, I will say this: he did say, and he he specifically mentioned the fact that they got a lot of turnovers in the second half of the season, and he looked at that as improvement. My question for you and Amber, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. Do you think that the improvements over the second half of the season from the standpoint of turnovers was more a reflection of them finally getting it and somehow getting over the hump and starting to play better? Or do you think it was just some of the opponents that they faced? Because if you look at the first half of the season and the opponents they faced versus the second half, there's a clear distinction Mm -hmm. between the caliber of play that they were facing each of those weeks in the beginning versus the the second half. I personally think that it's a combination of different things. One, the opponents being somewhat easier down the lo- down the uh, road. Two, the fact that 
they were simplifying the plays and what they were doing as far as coaching, what the coaching was doing. They said it. They, they're going to try to simplify things for these players. And then three, I think also by that point, all the outside noise, I mean, that has to bother you as a player. I mean, you would think, you would think. But as a collective group, by that point of the season, I think that you, you your energy changes a little bit. So I think the combination of all those uh, those three factors did have something to do with them playing a little bit better down the stretch. But I'm with them as far as, like, they have to start over. I mean, you got a new defensive coordinator. You got new players coming in. You weren't successful at what you were doing last year. So you have to go back to the beginning and the basics and start over and, and see what Dan Quinn really has in mind because – I don't know what, and going back to, I don't mean to bring back the Jalen Smith conversation, but we know linebackers are very important, and it's going to be interesting to see what his evaluation is on Jalen Smith and how they actually try to uh, make these linebackers play better and keep them healthy, especially late in Vanderesh, that we'll see what he can do this year. Yeah. It, go ahead, Dave. I, I'm a big fan of the benefit of the doubt like i give ezekiel elliott the benefit of the doubt that he will come back and be better next year because he's been good for the vast majority of his career why does the dallas defense deserve the benefit of the doubt well if you look at last year versus the year before that now they've never been a stellar defense but they were significantly worse last year than they were the year before so in that respect, I kind of look at it and say maybe maybe the coaching was the problem last year, and you change that up, and maybe you can get them back to being middle of the pack. Two thoughts, which I think that's totally that's totally reasonable, and that's got to be your hope. But Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan, as early as like week five and six, were saying things like, well, we've already pared it down. Like, we've already gotten rid of a lot of that. We're, we've simplified it. And it didn't do anything. And they started looking better. Yeah, I pulled this up. These are, these are the quarterbacks and the records <laughs> right. when yeah. they started playing well. Uh, Brandon Allen for a 2-10-1 Bengals team. Nate, is it Nate or Nick Mullins? I don't even know. Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins think, right? Uh, for a five and nine San Francisco team, Jalen Hurts for a four ten and one Eagles team. Four ten, yeah, four ten and one, uh, four eleven and one. Whatever, they were awful. And then uh, Daniel Jones for a six and ten Giants team that they lost to. I'm not impressed. I'm sorry. So. No. And that's all fair. I guess the only point I'm making again is you look at what they were doing, and, and even though they were saying that at week five, there's a reason why Mike Nolan's not here anymore. Sure. Right? So they could have been saying whatever they wanted to say publicly. What we know is he didn't do a good enough job. He, he did so poor a job that after one season they were like, dude, you got to go. You got to go. So that to me says that that there was probably more to that story than what McCarthy's saying. And I do think you you look at all this and it, it suggests to me that a change at defensive coordinator could get you back to where you were the year before that, at a, least, at a, the very least. A better defensive coordinator, a scheme that people should feel more familiar with, and you would like to think, you know, free agency and the draft, new talent. Right. I think it, it, there's plenty of reason to believe that they can get back to the middle of the pack. I'm just saying it's not because they played great against bad teams True. for a month. Yeah, yeah, and that that I think is a lot about you know the coach kind of just trying to find a positive. Sure. Well, like you got to try to find a positive, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you get two turnovers in a game, you know, like that is a, that is not a ton, but when you get three weeks in a row where you didn't get any, yeah, two in one game, wow, yeah. that's a lot. I mean, that, and so that's what we're comparing it to what was before. We talk about it all the time. Did Garrett Gilbert really look good? Because he was good, or because he followed up Ben DiNucci, so he looked way better. So maybe the second half of the season was better because the first half they didn't even know how to get a get a turnover, you yeah. know. And Cincinnati was like passing out candy that day. I mean, they they turned the ball over what four times? Yeah. And I, some of those weren't even like, if I right. remember correct, some of them weren't even forced fumbles. I mean, they were just kind of like just said, giving oh, the ball away. Yeah. No. No. I think the first or second play of the game, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, ripped the ball yeah. away. Yeah. And and let's be honest, Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson takes the ball away. I mean, the, you, the quarterbacks, you're right about yeah. the quarterbacks. The running backs that they faced, one of them was Dalvin Cook, who was really good, and he blasted him over the middle for a fumble, and that was a huge play. So, yeah. And did that to Carson Wentz. He, he was a difference maker there, and I think he's a guy you can kind of be excited about for a guy that wants to get, you know, it's going to get the ball loose. All right, so here's I think another, it's also worth noting mm-hmm. 
the sacrifice that the watermelons <laughs> had to make <laughs> I, I, at one point I of the I was season. wondering where you <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going with some really poignant. <laughs> no, I, you hear the word sacrifice and right. you're like, ooh, like, no, like who sacrificed yeah. and what did Poor they sacrifice? watermelons, <laughs> they were smashed and they, it, it, for some reason, they played better after <laughs> smashing some watermelons. You are, you are right. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun for like three days and then. What was, what was really fun was me telling yeah. Derek the story about, you know, Gallagher and he was like, who is that? Who? Like, you know, Gallagher. He smashed the... Two never came across my consciousness. Two Americas, a, you know. As a little boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that just never came across Sorry. My, uh, my, my, in front of my face to know what that was. All right, so let's move on. Here's the second thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, he also said about the defense uh, that they tried to, to change too much on the defense going into a season. Kind of nodding to the fact that it was a pandemic year. Everything was different. They didn't have all the time in front of the players. My question for you guys is, do you anticipate that they will keep it simple this year with COVID restrictions still unknown? I know we all think that we're coming out of this thing and this year is going to be different. And obviously there's going to be, there's an expectation there's going to be full stadiums and the whole nine. They still haven't really made rules around how they're going to handle this offseason and how much players will be here in person versus doing things virtually. Do you think that means that they will have learned from that lesson and say, we need to do the exact same thing this year? Yeah. I I, I think for, for me, I I think it's easy to come back and say, well, we tried to do too much. But at the time, it's it's just it's in, it's just hindsight. Because at the time, nobody was expecting that. In, in April... You're thinking, okay, we should be back by May or June, whatever. You're not, you're not thinking, hey guys, we should not, we should not go crazy here because what if we go get through the season and we don't even have a real training camp or have any preseason games? You're like, oh, okay, because you weren't thinking that way until they kind of happened. So I, I think Jerry did it and the coaches do. I think you kind of beat yourself up a little bit about it, like. It just it, this just the way it was. I mean, it didn't happen. You, this hey, Mike Nolan, what defense do you want to run? Well, let's run this. So you kind of go with it and do it and ex, and ex, think that things are going to change, and they just never did. No, nobody should have said you should have known we weren't going to have preseason games because that's never happened before. But that underscores the question, though, because this year it's the same. It's a similar situation. I don't think it is though. You don't? No, because I think they realized how to do it. They they practice every day out there during the season. So I think if anything, you'll see some. You'll well, see practices. It? You'll see on the field. You'll see off season. I'm sorry, but yeah. you, I think you'll see off season practice. You're saying the league learned how to do it safely. So right. even if we were in the same kind of conditions, you're saying they learned and, how to do this. And I guess what I'm saying is, I think they'll be on the field for OTAs and off seasons because we've learned how to do it. That's what I think. What were you going to say, Emma? No, I agree. And I was just going to give – I mean, this is not – you can't really compare the two because some of these things you have to be there physically. But if you were to compare it with us and this show, it's like last year, if you were to say, oh, guys, everyone's at home, let's do a show, you're like, well, crap, how, how are we going to do it? Now you say that and we're like, okay – Give me five minutes, Good and point. then we jump on it. So they should have learned their lesson. And, and just like Nick said, I, I would imagine that they can safely go back and get on the field just kind of how they were practicing last year because that didn't seem to be a problem. And just around the league, I mean, it became a problem once you started playing games and traveling. You started seeing teams popping up with positive tests. But now with the vaccine, and I'm assuming, I don't know, if, are they going to require players to get vaccinated? I don't think you can require anyone to, to yeah. do it. Like, I think it's everyone's free choice to do it or not, you know? But, I, I, I mean, I would imagine things will get better and it would be easier to transition, especially with them saying that they're expecting full stadiums this year. Okay, you can't tell me you can't practice out there. But the thing we got to also remember here is it's not just a matter of whether they can. What we keep hearing from the Players Union, and I know J.C. Treader, who is the, the head of the Players Union, like he keeps saying, hey, we saw last year you don't have to have an offseason. I heard Damari Smith saying yesterday on an interview, like, we saw last year that there is, like, abolishing the offseason is actually, can actually work. Like, they are talking the exact opposite. So it's not even a matter at this point of whether you can or can't. It's more a situation of, will they get to a certain point where the players' union pushes back and says, this isn't necessary. Why are we having an offseason at all? Maybe you do some virtual stuff, but there should be no on-field stuff during the offseason. That could that could change things. And again, yeah. it does make this point even more, th- this question even more interesting of if you're not having that offseason time on the field, 
How does that affect how much you can really expect your players to be ready to do once you get to training camp and then the season? Well, we said this during the season, and I know that there's probably some people that, that might have rolled their eyes when he said it in the press conference. And Dave might have been one of them. I don't know. But when he said, you know, I, he feels like the veteran staffs, the veteran teams, the core groups that were together had a little bit of you know it, it, advantage, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think that's true, and so I don't. I don't agree with that. Was Trotter Trotter? Yeah, I don't agree Trotter. with that at all. I, I really don't. I think. I think that it's. It's. Uh, I think it's a, a selfish attitude, honestly. Because tell me what rookie free agents got cut and they didn't make the team because they didn't have preseason games and, and didn't have any offseason. You know, you tell me Reggie Robinson, the fourth round pick from Tulsa, didn't need a little bit of help out there to, to get on the field, get some confidence and all that. And he was pushed to the side till the end of the season. So, yeah, it's easy to say that if you're a veteran. And if you're mm-hmm. a guy that's in that room, that means you're a starter, a veteran, and you don't necessarily need preseason games. But there's a ton of players that do. And so I don't think that's good for everybody to say something like that. But I know. Well, I, I just want to clarify. Treader's thing is more about OTAs. And I'm many speaking of kind of. Uh, yeah, I, he's talking about OTAs and all he's that. He's the offseason. But I, I kind of agree with what McCarthy said. And I said it during the season. I, I, I believe that, you know, um, teams like, say, the Saints or whatever, you know, Sean Payton, he's been there forever. I think, I think that they, they kind of benefited from the fact of, all right, you know, we're finally back to practice here. What are we doing? Where the Cowboys might be a team like. What's our defense? You know, we don't even know. As other teams can maybe step up. I, I, I agree with you. I just don't really want to hear it when a first year coach won the division. That's all. I mean, like, it's other first Somebody year. Somebody had to win it. But they were, <laughs> but, they're, but they're a bad football team. They're not a bad football team. They gave the Bucks a they're better game offense. than anybody they're else in the offense. playoffs. Not a bad football team. They got a really good. They defense, came closer so to beating Tampa than anybody team. Tampa played in the playoffs. Right. Okay. But they weren't. Worth. A, I mean, were they a good team? I mean, they. No, were, I think they, I think they, 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 I think they were a middle season. road team that has a great defense. So, you, right. so the matchups, as as they all, you always hear the the term, you know, matchups makes fights. Right. Like a team that that is susceptible to a really to playing a really good defense. Right. Like they have a shot against that kind of team. I they, just, my my point ahead. was sorry. My point was always yes. You are at a disadvantage trying to install a new program during a pandemic. Other teams that were doing the same thing seemed, and from the outside, I do have to admit I'm way closer to this team than others. They seem to have their stuff a lot more together than the Cowboys did for much of the season. Yeah, that's all. That was my only point with that. Yeah, I mean, there. I think. Uh, I mean, the Browns did it with their. You know, they they you know. Finally, I mean they, they've had a lot. Of, they got a lot of great players over there, and then, and then they and they get got it together, and they figured out how to how to win, and yeah. they figured out it's okay to have a number one overall pick and not lean on him every second. You know they leaned on a running game; it was a great hire. Uh, Washington figured it out with with their defense, leaned on them. You know I think Carolina. Carolina was a first-year coach. That Carolina struggled. They lost their best player. Yeah. The Cowboys, you could say the same thing for them. So it doesn't. If you lose your best player, New England. Now they let their best player go, and they had a ton of guys sit out. I think they yeah. probably have more teams that decided, more players decided to sit out. Players of consequence decided to sit out than any other team in the league. Yes, so. Cowboys get them right when they're retooled. I mean, that, and ready that to go. right there, you talk about some bad luck. I mean, the one year that the Patriots suck, they yeah. match up with you in third place, and guess what? You get to go play them again because they're not going to suck next year. I, I don't say, think. No. And they spent about one hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars on their roster. Now, who's their quarterback? And don't they have Damn. a lot of draft picks as well? Uh, I honestly don't know. I thought they had been like stockpiling draft picks. Watch them trade up to go get a a young quarterback. All I know is... Or a young tight end. Fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Pitts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just signed two tight ends, though. Yeah, you're right. They gave a lot of money to tight ends. Oh, yeah, they got Hunter Henry. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last game, right? Huh? Well, I don't know about we don't, we don't know when it's going to happen, but it is the seventeenth. It's going to be a seven thirty kickoff. I promise you that. Oh, yeah. no doubt about <laughs> it. Absolutely, yeah. no doubt about it. It could be the first game of the season. Could be. We usually do the defending champ, don't we? Well, on Thursday, but oh, I mean, you mean you like, mean like the Sunday, Sunday night? night? That's perfect. That's typical Cowboys primetime game week one you Sunday, know, not yeah. Thursday. You know what's but. interesting about that is that usually when let's say the Cowboys are playing at the Patriots. That means now things have changed some with the networks over the years, but it, like Fox would be like, "All right, we get the Patriots because you know we don't get many games for the Patriots, so we're not giving them up." It's kind of like when the Cowboys are playing a, a home a home AFC games. That means CBS is like, "We find you know we're going to put 
the Cowboys. We don't want NBC taking them for there, but this is different because it's the 17th game. Networks, there's nothing really. I also in. think I'm. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm like. The whole CBS Fox thing, I think, is basically dead in this new deal. I know, like, that doesn't matter for 2021 because it doesn't kick in yet. But, like, I'm pretty sure the new TV deal is just, like, it's all in the same pool. Like, no. Oh, there's no. You get AFC. The NFC thing is going to be gone in the next three, in the next hmm. few years, I think. That would be interesting. Yeah. That would be really interesting. It's probably a good thing for the network, too, because they're probably like, let's just give me good games and we'll give you the good games, right? Well, that, that also probably tells you that you're, you're not going to get any. You're not going to get many Cowboy games that are going to have a color commentator that didn't play quarterback for the Cowboys. Right. <laughs> because it's going to probably be Aikman this week, Romo this week. I mean, because they where do they live? Here? Yeah. And the Cowboys will be relevant to the point to give them the, the you know, it happens all the time. So, yeah. so. All right. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we got more to talk about from the Mike McCarthy press conference. Uh, he did have a lot to say, and we'll get into it when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to the break. The Star District is the perfect place for the whole family to enjoy. You can support local Frisco businesses by visiting us to dine, shop, and explore the Dallas Cowboys-themed campus. For information on all the Star has to offer, visit thestardistrict.com. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about Mike McCarthy and his press conference last week. We mentioned this in the earlier part of the show. Uh, he was asked about Alden Smith. Um, he said, despite reports, uh, the situation uh, with Alden Smith is still fluid. My question for you guys is, with what they have on the roster right now, does he feel a need for them that they don't currently have? And what I'm pointing to is, he did say that they're going to probably do some multiple fronts, some 3-4, some 4-3. I look at the body type of an Alden Smith, and I think he is a guy that really could fit well, I think, as a 3-4 defensive end. And I don't know that they have a lot of guys like that on this roster. Now, they've signed some guys that they could put on the defensive line who might be able to fill some of those roles. But to me, he seems like that kind of guy that can be a, an impact 3-4 defensive end. You know, some defensive ends in the 3-4, they're just guys that kind of eat up space, right? I think he's one of those kind of guys that can eat up space, be good against the run, but he also can give you some pass rush. So does he create a – is he a person that, that maybe they should really be considering if they're not because of the fact that he could fill a role for them uh, that, that maybe they don't have right now? I think you want to go first. No. I I think it's probably because the edge rusher class in this draft is not crazy. You know, it's not inspiring. Just in gen- I think he fills a need because like they they don't have bodies at pass rusher. And like we all love Randy. I feel great about his trajectory, and he's going to have a, a an off season. He'll be around. What's up? They have bodies. 
They do? Think about it. That's it. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's what they have. They have bodies that defense men. Bodies that you can put in a game and count on to sack the quarterback. Oh, 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 sorry about that. Well, but one of the ones they love, I don't know where you put him, but I mean, they love um, Dorrance Armstrong. Armstrong. They they absolutely love Dorrance Armstrong, and I think we all forget about him, him, but they love him. No, I definitely, I couldn't, if I wanted to, I couldn't forget about him. (laughs) They they? talk about him every week. They love him. There's a lot of they talking here. I don't know. I I think he likes them. Jerry likes them. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying ownership. Uh, that front means office, everybody loves him. head coach, like they all have talked about and him regularly. You know before as being I sound, a good before I sound too much like a smart Alec, I like Dorrance Armstrong deserves some love. Like he was a core special teamer, yes, underrated in that role. Like made that great play on the punt return against San Francisco. Like did some really really good things. Have not seen him consistently rush the quarterback to a degree that I like trust that he can do it. But but I don't want to sleep on the fact that I think he is a really good. I shouldn't say really good. I think he is a solid to good uh, run defender on the edge. I really do. I think I think that's the value that you have in a guy like him. Like he may not be a guy that's going to get you a ton of sacks, but I think he is a solid guy to have there on the uh, edge. He's great. Like. Love it. And he's also, this is a contract year for him, which is, feels insane. Like, I can't believe that this is already his fourth season. But he was in that 18 draft class. Um, so when you look at past rushers, because, I mean, I hate ends, th- three, four linebackers, your head will hurt with this. Because, yeah. you know, it's pass rushers. There's going to be somebody, you know, going off the edge here. So you've got Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Terrell Basham, Dorrance Armstrong, Bradley and I, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where Urban fits here. He might be an inside guy. I don't he's know if he's more of a tackle. tackle. But he, he's played end in his he's career. He's played some, yeah. but I think in this defense he might slide inside. You know how they like to do that. Um, am I missing another rusher? And, Not that I can think of. And uh, I, Rondell Carter. Rondell Carter, yeah. And I think – that especially if they draft a linebacker, sign a linebacker, whatever. I know there's some talk with K.J. Wright, but I don't think that's really going to materialize. But I think you're going to see Jalen Smith rush off the edge. I really do. I, I hope so. That's what I, I wanted tell you them this, to do last if, year. If they are in a three-man front and they've got a, an, an outside linebacker that's going to be rushing like a 3-4 yeah. defense, I would love to see that. I think that would be a role he actually could play really well. He can go north. Yeah, no doubt. And, and if you just say, go get the quarterback – I kind of like that. Yeah. I will say, I I don't want to say I forgot about him, but like, you know, Basham, Urban, and Watkins all signed, it felt like, within like 15 minutes of each other. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, like Basham, Basham as your third end isn't the worst thing I've ever heard. It's definitely not. Yeah. You know, this is not the strength of the team. And I mean, you know, Randy is... uh, Incredibly, still a developing player. Like you, it's hard to say what you, like what you're going to get from him Which over is a 16 good thing games. For the season. Cowboys. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's and and Tank has had plenty of injury issues in his own right over his career. It just it makes you nervous. I feel good about those two, but I would love I would love to have a little bit more there. Yeah, there's just nothing there in the draft, too, right? Just not at the top. There are guys. I mean, you know, and. You know, we could talk about Quiddy Pay or uh, Jalen Phillips. Um, there are some guys later on, but like, and this is just my own personal bias. If you're not drafting an edge rusher in the top like 40 picks, I'm just not convinced it's even worth it. You, yeah, I mean, if, you got Dorrance Armstrong and Bradley and I. Right. I mean, right. What's it, the difference? Is it better than you, what you already the have? The NFL yeah. finds the stud pass rushers and they get drafted highly. Like, I know there are some, ex- like, Jared Allen was a late round pick, but like, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Like, it's true. Stud pass rushers are taken high. And so. You know, we could like um, actually Basham, Ter- Terrell Basham's cousin. Um, oh, crap, what's his name? Uh, he plays for Wake Forest. Uh, he's he's out there. He's a guy. Um, I'm gonna tell you, man. I, and I don't get into draft too much. And you guys know, Carlos I'm usually Basham, not so sorry. big on my own guys. But I really think Joseph Asai is gonna be a player in the NFL. Yeah. I really do. Like there are a lot of guys that come through Texas. I'm like, I ain't sold on it. Right. And, he, and they may be guys that go. Go, you know, high or mid. And he, like, he I, probably, I think he is a guy that's going to be a player in the NFL. He fits in that range where you could maybe draft him in the second round. I won't be surprised at all if they draft an, an edge rusher. With, I mean, they got a billion picks, yeah. so yeah, just not at ten. And not at ten, but you know, if there is a trade down scenario, 
Sure. Oh. I mean, of course, was it the guy? The only really rusher was the Miami guy, right? And he didn't have a... Well, uh, Jalen Phillips also plays for Miami. He had a really nice day. Um, Quiddy Pays from Michigan. Like, those are... And and Gregory Rousseau, the, the guy you're talking about, had a terrible pro day. But, like, he's still probably a first-round pick. May, maybe. I don't know. His pro day was pretty bad. But... But he gets the quarterback. Yeah, in college. Second round. So we take chances in second round. You know? <laughs> oh no, we're already penciling Definitely. we're penciling Caleb Farley into the second round. Oh Farley. Round. Is, yeah. that a, is that a, you as soon as soon as it said that they said he was having back surgery and he like, was slipping, like the guy. jokes started flowing <laughs> in. Like so pick forty pick forty four, Caleb Farley, let's go. Could you imagine if they ended up getting both those guys? Yeah. You know? Like so they got Sertan and then Farley sitting there. I uh, not, would it, would it hurt your would, feelings? Nothing would surprise me at this point. I mean, hurt Anthony Brown's feelings, but it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, it might hurt. Yeah, yeah. No yeah hurt. Be like, one of those guys is going. One guy's <laughs> leaving. Like nobody's. All those guys won't still be here. Yeah, Anthony or Brown. Maybe, maybe you use Caleb. You know, if you circle Caleb Farley there in the medical round, the let's take a chance round and draft Kyle Pitts. Let's go. Kyle Pitts is not going to be there at 10. Let's just be clear. Probably not. There's no way. Okay. There's I'll, absolutely no way he's going to be there You want me to pull up 10. the tweets where I laughed at people who t- try to talk to me about CD? Because okay. I did it all What, last I, what I will say about CD is last year, there were at least two other guys that we said were comparable to CD. Right? And when it played out in the draft, there were two other guys that were comparable. Now, you can take your, fla- your, your pick of which flavor you like, but there were two other guys that were comparable. Name a guy. That's even close to being comparable to Kyle Pitts at tight end. I do not think... In the last 20 years coming into the like NFL. Like, the closest comp physically to Kyle Pitts is probably Calvin Johnson, which right. is terrifying. I don't think he'll be there either, but I didn't think CD would be there. I didn't think the Giants were dumb enough to draft Daniel Jones sixth overall. I didn't think uh, Cleveland Farrell would go in the top five. Like, teams do dumb stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah, but this is going to require five teams that don't need a quarterback to say, I want somebody other than a guy like Kyle Pitts who who can really create matchup problems every single week let for my opponent. Let me have this. How about that? How about <laughs> okay. you just all let right. me have this I'll let you have for this. another month? All right, I'll let you have this. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Next topic. Um, Mike McCarthy anticipates a very competitive situation with the interior offensive lineman. My question for you guys are, who are the competitors at each of those positions? Obviously, we know right tackle, I mean, right guard is going to be right guard. That's not changing. It's really left guard and center. Who are the players that are involved here in this competition that he thinks is going to be really good? Well, Connor Williams uh, is going to be the front runner there at left guard. This is a contract year for him. Um he said the other day in an interview that his his goal is the Pro Bowl. I mean, he, that's where he's looking. He said it's as it's as uh, obtainable now as it's ever been. So he's not really looking to compete against other players. He's looking to compete against other guards for a Pro Bowl spot, which is good. That's what his mindset should be. Um, you know, and center, I would say, with Joe Looney hasn't been re-signed. And not do you sh- think this says anything about that? Possibility, like, do you think the fact that he thinks there's going to be a good competition there? Do you think maybe that's about the fact that they are going to bring Looney back? I don't. I'm, I think if Looney was going to come back, I think he'd be back. Honestly, I, well, I don't. I'm not going to close the door on him, but I don't. There's something that's. You not sounded happening. pretty sure about that a couple of weeks ago. I talked to him um, <laughs> over a balcony, down, yelled down on the down. On, he was in the Star District. You and Joe. I was. I was eating dinner in the Star District. At, and I looked. I saw him down there, and I I yelled at him, and he was like, "Hey, what's up?" And I, I, I kind of forgot where I was for a second. I just asked him if he's coming back, <laughs> just out loud. Yeah, yeah. everybody. And he you too said, can accost cowboy players at the Star District right. here in Frisco. Right, right. <laughs> come on down. He Nick was is he, setting the example. Yeah, yeah he I mean. was dining at the Cowboys themed campus, and uh, he kind of like po- he said, "Yeah," and he kind of talked about just got to go over there and sign, but. It hasn't really. It's been more than that, I think. So, but I, I don't. I don't know if I, I agree with you that if he were going to be signed, he would already be signed. Because the way I look right. at it is, like a player like him, the Cowboys can kind of wait around on that. If nobody else is like sniffing around and ready to sign him right now, they can hold. Yeah. They can see what happens with the draft, and then they can make a decision. Like they never know. Maybe some center that they're kind of looking at in the third, fourth round drops to them, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, let's go ahead and go there." You no, know? you're right. I mean, they're not. Closing the book on that. I, I, they obviously, though, have – I mean, it's not like they're 
top priority. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I agree with Derek. I and I don't know. I'm I'm surprised he's not back just because he seems to love it here. Everybody loves him. There's not a huge demand for his services somewhere I mean, it else. Cost you much? I wouldn't think. No. Um. But I also think he's in that class of free agent where if you want to hang out until June. You probably can, mm-hmm. you know, and and he probably doesn't want to go anywhere. So I said that in our mailbag today about KJ Wright. It's like, you know, KJ Wright's at a point in his career where he's probably not just dying to sign something just to get money. You know, he's like, well, if I got to wait a while to get the situation I want, I'll do it. And yeah. Joe Looney's not as good of a player as KJ Wright, but I think it's similar. Yeah, well, that's that's. N- Fair to say that, and KJ Wright could maybe do that because he's going to come right in whenever and be like, "Yeah, um, I'm starting," you know. And then, right. But Looney, the more you sit out, if he does come to, to the Cowboys, the more he waits. Maybe Tyler Biotish has a, a camp or two. Maybe um, Connor McGovern has, has gotten some mix in there. So you know, maybe he'll be kind of on the outside looking in. But but I'll say this about from what I was told about Biotish and Looney. Biotish's problem right now is the it's the snaps, the shotgun snaps. That was his issue before, and that's why he didn't really come back and play at the end of the season. Um, it was Dalton had a hard time keeping his eyes on the field because the snaps were all over the place, and you, you look up and you got you got to take your eyes off the defense to catch the ball, and so that stuff we don't really even think about. You know, you just you, you can get, just peripheral vision. Yeah. You can get get the ball, right? and you don't really see the difference of the ball here. here I wonder here. how long I that takes for you to train someone to kind of perfect that. That's I think it's so interesting because if you think back. Um, when Dak got here, something that really impressed the coaches was like Dak never took under center snaps in college. He was a shotgun quarterback, like exclusively, and he wasn't very good at it. And Jason Garrett was like wowed because just over the course of like rookie minicamp, he basically picked it up in like two or three days. But you never think about that from the center's perspective. And Tyler Biotis played it like Wisconsin doesn't run shotgun; they're ground and pound all day. <laughs> yeah. So. But uh, that's that's interesting. But, who, but you would, who's he replacing? Frederick. Well, Travis Frederick was a first round. No, pick I know. I'm just saying. And, and so he figured it out. You yeah, know. Oh, and, and that's, I'm, that's I would what like to think. To figure I would out. like to think you could go into your backyard with a football and yes. like paint a circle on the fence and, and just backyard. do it a hundred times like yeah. every day. Right? <laughs> Better yet, yeah. go to your quarterback's house and just work with him. So yeah, that's like, this seems like something to me that is correctable if you're willing to put in the time. This yeah. is not something that you have to have a terrible, a terribly high level of skill in order yeah. to do. If you work at it, you should be able to get it consistent. And I mean, Andy Dalton is probably good in a lot of things, you know, but. Maybe Dak is better at that, you know? Maybe maybe Dak was like, you know what? Some of the centers I've had aren't that good either, but I just, you know, he's more of an athlete. I'm, I can catch a bad ball. Yeah. you know. Going maybe. back to the competition aspect, I and I'm guilty of forgetting about this all the time. A, a reader actually pointed it out to me. Connor McGovern played basically a full season at center at Penn State. He can do that. Hmm. And he's... So there's your competition. He hasn't done it a lot here. There's your competition. Absolutely. And just for good measure, Brandon Knight has played guard as well. So, you know, that's a healthy mix of guys that could all jumble around in that part of the I think Connor chart. wins that job. I, and I actually – I Williams. Connor Williams, yes. I'm sorry, Connor Williams left wins guard. that left guard position. And I actually think – I was actually pleasantly surprised with his play last year. I, I don't think he was great, but I think he was pretty good. I think he had pretty good games. To and, hang in there and only miss one snap on a unit yeah. that was that much of a mess, I have the utmost And respect. he didn't have those guys he's normally used to having – that are there as the veteran presence to help him out. Like he was the guy that people were looking to get help from, and he still had it. What I thought was a pretty good yeah. season. I think this honestly would be a better conversation after the draft. I think then once the draft is done, then you kind of see what happens with everybody, and then we could kind of really get a, get a good you know gauge on who's going to be competing. It's for what. hard to imagine the competition right now because. It's like on one hand, it is it's easy to imagine, but on the other hand, the way they do things is like you rarely really see a competition between these guys. It's mm-hmm. usually they have a, somewhat of a preference over one person versus the other. It's never really a full on go out there compete. Let's see who actually wins the job. They usually lean on someone a lot more than the and, other. And, and that's a good point. And the reason why it happens with the offensive line is think about when they come out for for a game or when they come out even at practice. They usually come out together 
Mm-hmm. You see those guys. But it's, it's, it makes it difficult when there's two guards competing. Who's with the ones, this group? You, I mean, that's such a continuity-based mm-hmm. position that you want to figure it out, put a guy in there, and don't keep rotating it back and forth. So that's kind of, I think, one of the reasons why they do that. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, I want to real quickly ask these guys about the quarterback position, the backup quarterback position. Uh, I have some names for you guys of some players that are out there. Uh, and I want to know if out of all of these players, who would be your choice if you were going to be going out looking for a backup quarterback, a veteran backup quarterback uh, to be behind Dak Prescott? We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. You can join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now and get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details as Derek gets ready for the race. Where Let's you, go. Where are you going over here? I don't know. I'm just like stretching. I got to stretch sometimes. You get old. You know. You're old. Like yes. you get old, you, you gotta stretch Yeesh. sometimes. And if you don't, you could you know hurt your calf and for two years. I mean, yeah, or if, if you, you do, stretch. you can hurt your calf it's or true. whatever. For like, it's just that's the nature of it. You I get old, stretch. you got to do these things. All right, let's jump back in. We're talking. Uh, we're in the final segment of the Cowboys break. Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Geico. Uh, we're going to talk about quarterback, veteran quarterbacks. Mike McCarthy says uh, this team has talked to some veteran quarterbacks, and he also believes uh, in competition at the quarterback position. Is important uh, behind Dak Prescott, even though obviously you know you got Dak and he's locked up, he's going to be here, but he thinks it's important to have some competition there uh, for that backup job. I'm going to throw out some names to you guys, and I want you guys, we're going to go around, I want you to tell me, if you guys uh, were to sign a veteran quarterback to this team, which of these guys would you prefer? And by the way, you can also throw out a name that may not be on the list if you have someone else you're thinking about. Alex Smith, A.J. McCarron, Colt McCoy, Robert Griffith III. Cole McCoy is gone. He signed in Arizona, I think, like this morning. <gasps> Did he? Sorry. That was going to be my pick. That was going to be my pick. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, Blake Bortles or other? Let's start with you, Nick. Well, let's start with Dave because Nick was going to take Cole, well, so he's got to think about it. Yeah. No. I, ju- I mean, he's not taking A.J. McCarron. I'm going to just tell you that right now. <laughs> And that was a decade ago. I don't hold grudges. Yeah, I do. No, I would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do. I don't want to have to look at that guy every day. No, I'm kidding. Um, not really. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but not I'm really. I'm sort of kidding. Um, I. It just makes so much sense to go get Alex Smith. Dak shouted him out in his press conference. Yeah. He started last year. Wasn't amazing. But that's, I mean, you're, you're talking about backup quarterbacks. That's what you get. Um, I know, you know, the report is that he wants a chance to start. I feel like that that is gone now. Like I can't think of a team that still needs a quarterback that 
that hasn't done something about that. But that may mean that he waits. He's one of those guys sure. that's willing to wait until go through training camp, see if a quarterback if gets he hurt. Wants, I mean, and now he gets. And he's he's probably at a point in his career. He's like he's he's thirty seven. I think he's. Um, he might be at a point in his career where he wants to do that, but if he would be willing to sign here, I would love it. You know Dak loves him. They have a relationship. He has started and won in the NFL as recently as last season. I just think it makes too much sense. All right. Amber. I just want a guy that's healthy and can throw some <laughs> passes accurately. That's it. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't ask for much. The shade at the nooch. <laughs> just throwing shade everywhere. Throw, be able to throw. I'm not even asking for a mobile quarterback. I'm not even yeah. asking you. To, and that might be a key, too, depending on what happens on the O-line, the Cowboys O-line, health-wise. <laughs> but I just want someone that doesn't need so much time to throw the ball and be accurate about it. That's it. Is it? Is it that hard? I don't get it. Why is it so hard to get find a decent quarterback? Because there's only like 20 in the world that are good at, <laughs> yeah. at the NFL level, and there are 32 like, teams. So not there aren't just, even enough to have a good starter on every team. Yeah, it's true. it's, it's why they get 40 million dollar salaries. Can I get the list again? All right, here's what I have: Alex Smith, AJ McCarron, no Colt, Robert <laughs> Griffin III, and Blake Bortles. Robert's your guy. I mean, like that's your guy. It's hard to. Not pick someone that wrote the forward of your book. Um, <laughs> right. Sure guy. Right. But, uh, but Garrett Gilbert is – I would just go with Garrett Gilbert. I think that I, – I, you know, he's probably cheaper, obviously. But I liked what I saw, and I understand what was happening before that, but I liked what I saw from him. Mm-hmm. I liked the deep ball he threw to Amari Cooper. I liked the fact that he ran the ball pretty well. I didn't like the red zone interception. I get it. But playing against the Steelers at the time, their defense was was really good and, and really aggressive. I thought he handled that situation. He drove it down. They're throwing into the end zone to beat the undefeated Steelers, who weren't as good as we thought they were at the time. But but. I think with another year, another offseason with Kellen Moore, uh, I I think he is a capable backup. He's been around. He's a veteran. I, I would go there in that in that situation. And I think if you made me guess, I think that's what's going to happen. He's already here. He's cheap. You don't have to spend any more money. You know who Garrett Gilbert reminds me of? Jeff Jay. Heath. Well, well, well I mean, okay. You can. I mean, that's a more direct comparison. He can take extra points. I don't think so. He reminds me of Jeff Heath because Jeff Heath played the game of his life in the playoffs against Green Bay. You know, almost forced a fumble that won him the game, picked off Aaron Rodgers, almost picked him off twice, and the Cowboys were like, hell yeah, he's our, he, we're going to bump him up to starter. He'll be affordable. He'll be great. And how'd that work out? Like, was he ever amazing? And I just think, I think Oakland. they struggled with, you know, they Ben DiNucci had a you know, a terrible night in Philly. They didn't look good. Garrett Gilbert comes out and plays comp- competently. That's how I would describe it. And I think people are letting their imaginations run wild a little bit. I don't but think it's you t- imagination. Uh, I, I don't think what we saw in that game is, like, indicative of what you're well, getting. But I think not asking him to start like you are with Jeff Heath. Right. not asking True. that. Yeah. I'm asking you mm-hmm. to be ready, be be ready, you know, if your quarterback goes down, to go out and give your team a chance to compete. And I think he was able to kind of show that off of three weeks of being here, I think, a whole offseason. I'd like to see more from that. Right. If he's able to be competent in that scenario, and let's also remember what you said at the beginning of this segment. You said there are probably 20 people in the world who can do this job, right? So if you're at your backup guy and you got a guy that in three weeks can be competent, I think that's all you can ask for in a backup quarterback. You're not going to get great in a backup quarterback in a league where 20 guys are capable and you got 32 teams. Yeah, but if I told you you could spend two or three million dollars and go get a guy like Alex Smith, who started six games and won five of them, and helped his team get into playoff contention on a much worse offense, that just sounds so much more appealing to me. And and are you going to bring that defense with him too? No, I, I like. I, Just wondering. I understand. I never liked his game, uh, and I, I mean, uh, his story is amazing. I'm not trying to get into all that, but even before, did he get hurt in the Cowboy game? Is that like the got, bad injury? The bad one. No, no, no. Okay, I don't. Well, then I, I remember. I remember being the on the sideline of a game that he played, and I think it was the one. It might have been the snap infraction game, maybe. Where he was making plays, he might have gotten hurt just a week or two after that, and I was thinking, 
if that was my quarterback, like I would, I'd hate, I'd hate it. I mean, I would hate for him to be a quarterback. His decision making, he's just, you know, he he was he's always had bad luck. Not only the injury, he's had bad luck because he played for what seven or eight different offensive coordinators in a yeah. row. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just never finding any kind of stability. But I've never been a huge fan of his game when he was fully healthy. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick him. What I'd be willing to pay that little premium for to get Alex Smith. By the way, I agree with you. If you can get Alex Smith, he is the guy I would get. But what I would be paying him for and the reason why I would opt for him is because I do think there is some value to having his level of experience in the quarterback room. That too. It's not so much about what I think. Because I I think on the field, if Dak went down, I think what you would get from him or Garrett Gilbert would be pretty much about the same thing. I I don't think there'd be a a vast difference there. I am not ready to equate a man who has started 167 NFL games with a guy who started one. Well, what I know is that the I don't know that the the results, or I shouldn't say the results, I don't know that the play on the field last year suggested that they were that much of a different quarterback. Again, I don't think the games I watched Washington play last year when he was playing quarterback, they weren't winning those games, the ones that they won, because of his play, like their offense was sputtering at times, absolutely I, sputtering at times. I again keep in mind he doesn't bring Washington's defense with him, but he moves into a way better offense. Like he might look like a better player with all that firepower. I'm just Maybe. saying. I, there's a reason why. There's a reason why teams have continuously moved on. Like I, I think yeah. there's a reason why it gets it gets lost in how terrible last season was. Andy Dalton was such a smart signing. Like, that worked out. They got a comp pick for him. If Dak had gone down for a month, they would have been fine. They would have won two or three of those games. Especially if they would have had, coupled with that, both their tackles went down. Right. Like, they were stuck under so many bad breaks that the fact that Andy Dalton actually played pretty damn well for the situation he was in gets lost. I'm not saying he's, like, amazing, but he did exactly what they hired him to do. And if that were the case, you know, if you lose Dak for 11 or 12 games, you're probably screwed no matter what. But if you lose him for three... I would way rather have somebody like that. What about Blake Bortles? I don't know. (laughs) No, thank you. I ain't going with you on this one. No, thank you. I can't go with you on that one. I'm not trying to convince anybody. Been somewhere that nobody in this room and no Cowboy quarterback has been in, including Romo. Where in a championship game? Can we? Yeah, and they once again. Is he going to bring that defense with him? If he was a better player, (laughs) is he going to bring that defense with him? He was so bad. That he pissed off all of his defensive teammates, <laughs> right. and they were like, "We gotta get the hell out of here." Right. You know, that defense was all, they were in that defense was, was a was a juggernaut defense, and he, you know what I'm saying? Like that was not about him at all. You think that they left because of Blake Bortles? You think because they were living in Jacksonville? No, but I mean that's no. If you're good, fair question. <laughs> Oh, come on. I love how you were just like, yeah. how could you stop? Fair I'm sure NFL players hate living in a warm city with no state income tax and a ton of golf courses. Stop it. That's not why. Seattle didn't seem like a premier destination in the NFL either until no, they started. Seattle's a great place. I love going to Seattle. Seattle was like the most forgotten about city in the NFL. Yeah. I'm we're just talking ta- about I'm, just just the city and enjoying being in the city. I love being in Seattle. I would assume we all love being in Seattle. Seattle's a great city. I don't know if city. I've heard anybody say I love being in Jacksonville. I, I know one. Joe D. Camillus. He really? loves it. Yeah, he calls it Beach TV. Like I said, like, <laughs> interesting. Says, you just go out and look outside and it's, you watch. that's what you do. You just I watch don't think, the beach. I don't think I've ever beach even spent TV. more than two or three days in Jacksonville but like I haven't either there are worse places I'm just saying especially considering you only have to be there half the year it's never cold there's no state income yeah, but it's tax. really humid like You're there's a the difference between saying it's just not cold like it's extremely You're humid in the ditch I am, huh? we got this I am from ditch. the most humid city in the world and yeah, we don't even have a beach to offset it so Houston's whatever. pretty humid yeah anyway Stuff Falls not so much. I get I get defensive when people like slander. I don't even know why. Like I have no ties. Yeah. I was gonna say, what do you love about yeah. Jacksonville? What is this about? I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he went up an octave. That's how passionate Jalen he is about Ramsey this. didn't leave Jacksonville because it's a bad city. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Mm. Probably because they had a bad quarterback and he realized they weren't going anywhere. He went to play for Jared Goff. Well, now he's playing for Matt Stafford. So, <laughs> still have, you, you still haven't really changed. Oh, don't get you started on. 
Oh, Matt, let's just do part. another hour. I don't have anywhere to be. Yeah, that's kind of what we're doing at this point. We're just like going into the riff part of the show where you just kind of talk about whatever. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week, and next week we're gonna actually start getting into a little draft talk. Uh, we'll do a little bit, of, a little bit on draft, not a lot because I don't want to get too far into all that. But we got some stuff to talk yeah, about in the first round. There was actually an interesting conversation we have been having off the air about tackle or cornerback. We might have that next week. There's a lot to to talk about there. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagle. And this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!